Hi, I'm Pete Wheeler from Ready Pop Festival, and you're listening to the Real Reading podcast. Hello. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 15 of the Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday the 26th of April, and our guest this week is Pete Wheeler from Ready Pop. I want to make a pop sound there, but I can't do it. That was a bit quiet. Yeah, let's try again. Should we try this again? And our guest this week is Pete Wheeler from Ready Pop. Pop! <laughs> okay. Oh... Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, I really must update that page. I haven't done that for a while. Um, and if you're able to, please leave us a nice little review on Apple Podcasts, which would be lovely. Uh, as well as the interview with Pete, we've got all the usual features, including what we've liked this week and Fort Explains It All. Uh, this week, Hugh, what's Fort Explains It All about? We're going to be talking about the curious conundrum of the After Dark nightclub in Reading. Excellent, good, I look forward to that, we'll come to that in a little bit. Um, and Jenny, we've got our events coming up later, so we'll talk yeah, about those. lots on this weekend. Lots and lots. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, particularly Hugh, Reading FC, this weekend is a big weekend, isn't it? No. <laughs> it is. It is, come on. <laughs> it, it has potential to be, but Reading are, are, according to Jonathan Lowe, who is the man in the know, Jonathan Lowe, um, Reading are pretty much safe because Barnsley had a game in hand, which they lost. So Reading are now uh, in a relatively safe position. So they're not, they're not categorically, or as we say, mathematically safe, but they are much safer than they were. Uh, it's going to take a big swing, particularly as I believe Burton Albion are playing Bolton. Bolton, yes, who are who are both below Reading, and the result of that game presumably means one of them will be relegated. Yes, I think that's true. So it's always been for ages. It's been Reading battling it out with uh, Barnsley and Burton Albion, and then Sunderland. No, Sunderland were. Further down, there was one at Birmingham. Birmingham, right? Um, for for that, what, what essentially would be the last relegation spot, and Reading are now they're five points clear. Five they? points clear, but they can still do with something. If they get something from the game, we think that's probably enough. So draw a draw will do, and then and then we'll do it all again next season. And then they go to Cardiff on the last day, yeah. who are going for promotion and managed by Neil Warnock, who would like nothing better than to send Reading Dark down. Let's hope they're playing Ipswich on Saturday. Ipswich are sort of nowhere, mid-table. Um, Don't the uh, Reading fans have a, have a name for Neil Warnock? It's not Reading fans, it's fans in general. Oh, OK, right. Uh, it's Colin. Ah, Colin. Because his name is an anagram of something okay. that, <laughs> that football fans know and... Everyone else can work out. Can you so tell I was trying to get you to say it? Fun, fun it starts game. with W and rhymes with anchor. Oh, right. <laughs> like a ship. Yes, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Right, well, you know. That's about as close to the line as we can get. <laughs> I think so. Yes. <laughs> anyone can't work it out now. <laughs> okay. Alert, alert. Jenny, that was the sound of a nerd alert. <laughs> It's not nerdy, Tom. It's, it's totally nerdy. You've written the word nerd in capital letters right well, here in front of me. Mainly because you asked me what I'd liked this week and I said that I'd liked hearing about all of the Reading Borough Council election candidates. Oh, how old that, are you? <laughs> um, that's got nothing to do with it. It's very important. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just, um, you know. But yeah, no, we were going to talk about the upcoming local elections which are happening on Thursday, May the 3rd, which is next Thursday. Um, there are, I think, 18, 20 seats up for... Yeah, 15 out of 16 wards. Um, mostly one seat with a couple which have two due to councillors standing down. For example, Matt Rodder, who was a councillor, is now the MP. Can't do both. So there is a, by ele- a by-election for his seat mm-hmm. uh, in Cage Grove. So two seats in, two seats in that and um, in other parts of... The borough as well. There are two, yeah. two up as well. Um, but yeah, we've we've got all of their kind of pledges and manifestos on Get Reading at the minute. 
I think Reading Borough Council do their local elections by thirds, don't they? They Is that do. right? Yes, so it's one. So, so it's one, usually one seat out of the uh, three every year, every year for three years, and then they have a year off, mm-hmm. I think. Um, whereas in places like Bracknell, they do all their seats in one go. Sure. Um, but in Reading, it's done in thirds, which I think is probably so to ease the pressure on new people coming in. Yeah. So instead of having, you know, potentially in Bracknell, you've got 50 odd count, 50 odd councillors who've been voted back in, of which maybe yeah. 10, 10, 20, 30% are new. In Reading, that's much less. So it's. Um, uh, a way of, of getting people to learn the ropes a bit easier. I Is it guess. anything to do with the size of the place, or the amount of wards, or just the? I think Bracknell Council's almost as big as Reading Borough okay. Council. I think Bracknell's a bit bigger. The number of members um, they have, so I don't think yeah. it's got anything to do with that. Uh, the cynic in me thinks that it might be partly down to the fact that if you do things by third, you're not going to lose your majority so quickly. Potentially, yeah. It could be a cynical political. I'm not sure. There's, there's probably but, other reasons. Yeah. It's, it's done in lots of places. Reading's certainly not the only place it does it. I think Wokingham's doing it as well. Okay. So, um, and they're uh, you know, both, both ruled by different majority parties. So I don't think it's a, it, it's a, a um, conspiracy. <laughs> Good. No conspiracies here on the um, Real Reading podcast. But yeah, everyone, everyone by now I think should have their polling cards. I know mine yeah. arrived a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I had mine a while ago. If you don't know where your polling station is, you can find out online. Just uh, go onto the Reading Borough Council website and pop in your well, yeah find find your nearest polling station. Um, if you give the council your postcode, they will be able to tell you where your nearest polling station is or which polling station you need to go to because it's not actually always the closest geographically. Um, and please make sure everybody that is registered to vote go out and vote because it is important. Have your say. And if you know, if you if you are, I'm 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 not telling anyone which way to vote at all. But we know that a lot of people complain about a lot of things, including rising council tax, potholes, potholes and. And all sorts of other things. Um, some of them out of the council's control. <laughs> I must say, not ever, not all of the issues in the in Reading are, are down to the council. Lots of it's down to, to other things, including central government. Um, but do please make sure you go and vote. Good, and that is definitely a worthy thing to do. Just even if you just go for a little walk, go and put a tick in a box, and then go home, have a cup of tea. Lovely. Uh, okay, um, on to what we've liked this week. Jenny, things you've liked? I have liked um, a planning application, which I guess that's a little bit sounds a bit nerdy, doesn't Sorry, it? Sorry, there was an incredible sigh from me there. I do apologise. I do was... like a good planning meeting. I've not been to any planning meetings, um, but there has been an application submitted to refurbish the corn stores, the old Victorian pub yeah. in Station Road. It's opposite the station. Yes, the it's near the Rising Sun, isn't it? Yes. Not the art centre, the pub, the old pub that's closed. It's uh, got the big black kind of stable doors yes. that you, you might see as you walk past, and in big white letters it says the corn stores. I think it, uh, it has been many different things mm. over, over the over the decades. Um, see, it, it was a Fuller's pub, I believe. Yeah, we, I went there um, when it was a Fuller's it's pub. It's been an Italian restaurant, I've okay. been told. My dad uh, believes that our competitors, the reporters at the Reading Chronicle, may have been based there for a little while. Oh, really? Well. Oh, wow. Um, but I, I don't have that confirmed, and, and uh, he's not always correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sure they'll write it. He might have just been saying it as a bold-faced lie to yeah. get into the podcast, see if he can creep <laughs> one in. <laughs> um, do you think your parents do that every week? What can we get her to say this week? I know that uh, some members of my family do. I'm not sure my parents do. <laughs> um, but I won't continue talking about that. Um, but yeah, there's a, a, a pub chain called... Rare Breed Dining, right. which they have two other pubs at the minute. One is the Sherlock Inn in Sherlock Road. Yes, that, that used to be a community-owned pub. It was saved yeah. by the community, and then I think it was taken over by these guys who now run yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds quite cool. It sounds quite trendy. They're four, four friends um, that met while at university, I believe, and they want to keep a lot of what is 
at the pub like completely yeah. intact. They want to kind of keep the old brick walls and all that kind of kind of uh, like character that that is currently got. But it would just be really nice to to see that building in use again. I've often walked past and thought, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to. Take, it's in such a good spot. I'd like mm. to take that over and reopen it as a restaurant or a pub or a cake shop or a hat shop or. I don't know, whatever it is, I fancy doing that week. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, they have beaten me to it, but um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm really looking forward to, hopefully, seeing the plans approved and then and then going and checking it out. Ah, good, good. Um, do, do we know when that's due to be done by? Or, or is no, it... the planning application's only been only just been submitted oh, okay. in the last week, um, so I imagine it will have to go through committee because it is quite a large application. Um, I believe it's a listed building as well, so... Yeah, that wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, they will have to um, probably go through committee rather than just the officers approving it, which could take kind of two, three, four months... And then obviously it's the work on top of that. Yeah. I think they've said that they'd like to see it open by this winter in in the plans, but you, you never Who know knows? what's going to happen. Yeah. These things always take a long time. Yeah, you're probably looking at um, planning maybe in sort of, I guess, August, September time. It's usually around um, three or four months between submission and determination. Um, there's lots of things that need ironing out. Um it's very exciting, isn't it, to to see something for a building that's been empty for ages. Um, someone wanting to take it on and mm. restore it to its former glories, and um, not necessarily just do the obvious thing with empty buildings, which is turn them into flats. Yeah. Um, obviously, we need there. There, there is a housing crisis, and a lots of flats need to be built, but to convert every single thing that's standing empty in <laughs> town into, into, into flats is a bit. Um, uh, short-sighted, a bit short, potentially a bit short-sighted. Also, there's um, I don't imagine there's anywhere anywhere to park at all around that area. No, so, um, no, I wouldn't have thought. No, there isn't at all, is there? So, the, so it's probably not suitable, and it's a listed building. So, yeah. the, the developers probably aren't queuing up to turn it into uh, into housing. So, let's get back up and running, provided the building's not you know in terminal decline or or, or whatever. But um, it's exciting to see, and it's um, it'd be great to see some of these other empty pubs yeah. restored into into pubs or restaurants um, rather than Tesco's. Yes, and um, bringing the sort of character of the, the boozer back to the town centre, which is there's a few empty pubs. There's, I believe that the Bristol and West Arcade also has plans to revamp the old pub round in. Um, yeah, we walked past it. Was it Cooper's Arms? We walked past it the other day, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. That would yeah, be great. It's around there, if they can, you know, revamp the whole area. That's yeah. that would be that's a really interesting application, and um, it'd be uh, be great to see what they what if that gets permission, what what they do what they do there. Yeah, how long it takes, and of course there's the courses as well. There is the rising sun around the corner as well, which I mentioned, which I think has been empty for a similar amount of time. I think that if I remember rightly, that's derelict. I think. I, I seem to. Another one for me to take over, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, seem to re- I seem to remember that one. My memory is a bit sketchy, but there is either there either is permission to knock it down, and it just hasn't been, or there was permission to knock it mm. down. Um, I don't know how demolition applications work, and whether there's a, a long period of whether it can be, or whether yeah. they can, need to reapply and do it again. Um, but I think that. Potentially, that pub won't won't be revamped. I think it no. actually will be knocked down and probably turn turn to housing. <laughs> <laughs> um, housing until proven otherwise. <laughs> my, my theory um, Hugh, you've got something for us this week. Uh, a bit yeah. interesting. I've I haven't read anything about this one, so tell me about it. This is a quirky and innovative piece of parking in Reading Town Centre, um, which achieved the impressive feat of delaying every single bus in Reading. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny, but not for obviously the people that were stuck. No, not for no. the queue of bus drivers who were uh, who were. This 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 happened in in Reading um, last week. Uh, on, sorry, on eight, April the eighteenth was the date. Um, yeah, last week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> Doesn't time fly. <laughs> um, and for, for for reasons unknown, this chap decided to park his car in the junction of St Mary's Butts. 
Oxford Road and West Street in town, um, which and he parked it in such a position, which meant that none of the buses coming up to Mary's Place <laughs> could get past. So it caused this enormous queue. And I was told by the uh, the press guy at um, uh, Red Buses, <laughs> it meant that every single bus in town comes through that junction yep. at some point to go on it on the various routes around town, which meant which meant every single bus in Reading was briefly held up. The uh, driver, who was a uh, a young chap, oh. Um, oh no, did come back after about tw- twenty minutes. He wasn't there for long, but he. Um, he just to get there, he had to drive through numerous areas where cars aren't allowed. So I imagine his letterbox has been fairly, <laughs> fairly busy with fines. Bulging. Um, we don't know what he's doing. Uh, he hasn't contacted us since. Uh, he's probably <laughs> quite embarrassed. Um, but uh, there was this sort of extraordinary uh, in the video that there's this sort of ba- bafflement from the bus drivers and people all just sort of staring at this extraordinary. <laughs> well, inconsiderate, shall we say, piece of piece of parking in in a park town where no one parks, um, which caused caused this huge uh, backlog of buses. Who they were all delayed for a bit. Obviously, as soon as he moved, they were able to get on their way and catch up. But <laughs> I'd love to I'd love to know the reasons why he felt he could just leave his car there. Um, just looking at the picture of the car, that I'm speculating wildly, but. That looks like he's borrowed his mum and dad's car. Potentially, yeah. Could be a new driver. Could not understand. So what is it? It's a Volkswagen? Uh, yes. A Volkswagen. <laughs> it's a Volkswagen. A, a black Volkswagen. It's a big one. It's a big yeah. one. It could, yeah. It does look a bit like a family car. It's got a uh, little Christmas tree air freshener. <laughs> um, the video actually catches him sheepishly coming back to his oh. car and nonchalantly reversing it off, away and driving off. Um, but who knows what he was thinking, but uh, certainly... Um, well, he won't be doing that again, will he? Yeah, I don't it's suppose. Certainly, uh, it's certainly a good spot by the chap who took the video. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Who, t- who took the video, do you know? His name was Babakiani. Well, we salute you, sir. We salute you, sir, for this, and uh, thank you very much for letting us use the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite thing I like this week is actually happening uh, on Friday. Uh, it's Football Shirt Friday. Which means that everybody can wear a football shirt into work, can which I think is great. And as long as you're not wearing that pink disco king t-shirt again. Oh, uh, what was wrong with the pink shirt? I might wear my pink <laughs> Rochdale shirt just to annoy you. It um, wasn't the pink; it was the fact that it had disco king <laughs> emblazoned on the chest. Which but I am a disco concerning. king. Well, one, thing so. you need, one thing you need to admit, now, Thomas, is you actually collect football shirts. Don't you? Yes, I do. So I'm going to have a real, real uh, trouble deciding what shirt exactly is going to be the perfect shirt to wear for. Uh, football shirt Reading FC surely I don't have a Reading FC shirt you don't have a Reading well, FC shirt why would I have a Reading FC shirt you live in Reading well they're expensive they're too expensive I tend to buy I tend to get bargains hoops, if I, are, hoops are not flattering they are not no for the, yeah. <laughs> I tend to um, I tend to try and uh, try and get the bargains when they're on sale so um, I don't go up to Nadeski very often so it's just not what's, what's your most obscure football shirt uh, I've got a couple that my brother bought back from uh, South Africa when he was travelling the world uh, for work. He would occasionally bring me back a, a, t- a football shirt. My favourite is uh, Orlando Pirates, which has got the skull and crossbones silhouetted <laughs> on the shirt. In fact, I might wear that one. I wear that one to the gym quite a lot. Uh, I've got there's, there's definitely some others. Um, just trying to think. I've got a um, FC Ural from Russia, which is like the Ural Mountains. I've got one of those. Uh, and a couple of others. Got lots of um, sort of non-league teams as well from from the UK as well. Uh, Which team has used the most luxurious fabric? Oh, um, the nicest. To the wear. nicest to wear. I think um, probably the most luxurious to wear. Probably one of the last England shirts. Probably one of the nicest to wear. They've got plenty of room. They've they've taken care <laughs> to make sure that uh, they know their target they know market. Their target market <laughs> yes, um, just. The, the worst ones are the any Macron shirt. Um, and Macron do shirts for Bristol Rovers. I think they do Leeds United, and I think they do Bolton Wanderers. You always end up having to buy a shirt up. So when you go in, and the guy says to you, um, "I think you might need an XXL, sir," and I'm thinking, "No, I'm clearly only an XL." <laughs> but no, he, they they're dreadful for uh, for sizes. But anyway, just to explain football shirt Friday very quickly. It's in aid of the Bobby Moore Fund, which raises money for cancer research. Uh, and you pay a fiver, and you can wear a football shirt to work. I assume you need to ask your boss first, but 
I don't see why not. So let's have lots of selfies of those on Friday. That would be nice, yeah. Be lovely Anyone to see. that does football shirt Friday in, in Reading, if they can send us a picture. Yeah, that'd be I nice. will be wearing one. I don't know what yet, though. I'll probably put mine over my suit. <laughs> I will not be wearing one because it is uh, there are various things I need to do um, that day that won't allow it. But um, my change. only football shirt is a 2004 Reading third <laughs> <laughs> Fans will remember the black and blue uh, number yes, as yes. worn away at Ipswich on the first day of the season on the hottest day ever in this country <laughs> one all uh, Nicky Shorey was sent off because one of the Ipswich players did a really bad dive <laughs> and that was the first time that shirt was worn there goes um, our Ipswich the I bought a football shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a 2016 Reading third shirt you know the white one with the kind of rainbow stripes um, but I've also got a really cool one. It only comes out every other year, unfortunately. But it's a '98 Michael Owen England oh, shirt, okay. the yeah. grey one. Yeah, it's, that's sweet. It's good. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Uh, now it's time for Fort Explains It All. Today we are going to loosely, I normally talk about the council, this is loosely related to the council, but it's more to do with the uh, the, the future really of the f- favourite Reading night spot, it's the After Dark nightclub. Southampton Street? No, London Street. Oh, I always get, get your, that wrong. Get your city-based streets <sighs> mixed up there. Um, one of Reading's most, most well-known, iconic, legendary uh, night spots. Um, off, off London Street you have to know where it is to, uh, yes. to get to it otherwise you end up just walking along there were for many up and down confused many many years I convinced myself I only knew where it was when I was drunk <laughs> it's the, that amazing sixth century yes located, located <laughs> old style nightclub after ten pints um, it has been the subject of two plans to demolish it and uh, replace it with flats the first one was in uh, 2016 um the developer involved at the time wanted to build, replace it with ten flats. Uh, there was quite an outcry at the time from people. It was who, huge, wasn't it? It was, mm-hmm. it was a massive there were petitions outcry. and uh, very emotional speakers at the planning meeting. I seem to remember, and and what I also remember is how much the council didn't like the plan. They, they tore it apart um, and said that it was totally unsuitable for that area of town. It was really badly designed. And no, thank you. Um, Subsequently, uh, there was another application for flats in place for six, this time a smaller amount, and that um, was due to be discussed at Reading Borough Council last night, on Wednesday night. Um, but that plan was actually withdrawn before it even reached the meeting last night. It was announced at the start of the meeting that it had been pulled. Um, and I, th- I think the reason it was, was pulled is because the, plan, the council didn't like that one either. Um, they say the proposal in terms of layout, height, bulk and massing would result in, result in cramped and visually dom- dominant overdevelopment of the site. In English, that means it's far too big <laughs> and wouldn't fit in at all um, with the rest of the buildings around there. Um, and so the developers obviously uh, jumped before it was pushed essentially yeah. and, uh, and uh, not had it go through the process. So... So that the latest um, latest stage with with the club, I went to meet the owners of the club the other day, and they are very keen to get it to restore it to its former glories. It's um, it's open. It's been open for a while under these new owners, and they're very keen to meet anyone in Reading involved in in culture and the arts to explore the possibilities of how they can use it. They want to have it open as a nightclub at the weekends and and at night so yeah. opening at like 11 o'clock but they also want to use the building for other other things during the day so they're talking about having computer game sessions mm-hmm. nostalgic computer games or old style PlayStation style um, sessions there as well but they're basically open to anything um, that anyone wants to do so DJ DJing lessons and stuff like that maybe or or art, art design classes and stuff like that I think so essentially it it has this very, very uh, sort of old school core 
support mm. Reading. Mm. Um, people who go there all the time, they have 80s and 90s nights and that's what they've been yeah. doing for years and it's it's great and everyone really loves that. But they need to uh, they need to open up to the new market um, because they sort of accept that you're 18 year olds and 19 year olds on Friar Street on a uh, on a Friday and Saturday probably aren't going to go to an 80s or 90s night because <laughs> they were born. <laughs> so um, it's there. There is this kind of development um, threat looming over it, but now it seems this is this is kind of my own take on it. It's nothing that anyone said to me, but they've had ten flats turned down. They've had six flats turned down. Again, for these same reasons that they say having a block of flats would would not be in the character of the area. So my thinking is, what what can the developer now do? Like, will they have four flats or three flats? It would still need need a a story development, which the council don't seem to like. So it doesn't look like anytime soon um, any kind of residential plan is going to be approved from what we've seen before. So so its future is it's, it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, it's got you know to to have a building like that open to all sorts of uses as well as being a nightclub is is really good. But the people need to um, get involved in that and come up with ideas for what it can be used for I mean it's quite what, what, sort, of, what sort of size would you say it was it's kind of oh. it's two fairly it's two fairly big rooms isn't it fairly big rooms yeah it's not massive it's no. not like a super club you probably, it's not as big as a lot of the bars in town but I, I mean without uh, 200 people 300 people I honestly haven't been there in about yeah, this was. I was just going to bring. This, I was going to bring this up. Um, there's a really good article on the Whitley Pump website this week, and it's mostly about Sweeney and Todd's Pie Shop and it being up for sale and all of that kind of thing. But there's just a line in there that says, um, "Reading consumers have been guilty of a sort of Jackson's Corner syndrome that I would define as local people decrying the demise of places they no longer visit." And I think yeah, I think that's really yeah, exactly and, it. We want. We still want it to be there. Yeah. We don't necessarily want to go to it. I mean, I um, I haven't been to the After Dark for six, five, six years, and I used to love it. We, I'd be if not every weekend, every other weekend at least, and it was great. And I, I'm definitely one of those people who really want it to stay, but I'm haven't been, and I don't, I don't know. I can't even say what would make me go again. I uh, I don't know. Really? No, probably not. <laughs> Probably, I just, you know, it gets to sort of, oh, I don't know, I'm going to sound incredibly old, but it gets to kind of sort of 11 or 12 o'clock and, and it's it's not necessarily going out to a club anymore, it's it's going home. It's going to be. Yeah. And that's, that, I am laughing, but that's the I'm thing. usually You're the same. You're exactly the same. <laughs> that's the thing, how do, you, how do you get new people who are still wanting to go out at yeah. night to go to an old, and are kind of an old school nightclub for a night yeah. out and also, if they can come up with some a winning formula for, for use of it during the afternoons and the days and then and then have it operating as a, a club with some new new things to attract new people in like um there we go I'm, gonna, I'm going to it's... I'm going to come up with something like DJing it sounds it sounds like what the managers want to do is open it up as kind of a community yes. space where, which anyone can hire yeah. and 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 have their own event and that kind of would be good because if you look at the the building, I can't for the life of me remember the actual name of the building now, but the building behind the Black History mural that is up uh, Central Club, yeah. Central Club. Yeah. That's on, along the same road, yes, yeah. in the corner yeah. Of, yeah. of London yeah. Street in the IDR. Yeah. Um, and we know that there are groups that have been interested in opening Central Club back up as a community space, but. These are the managers of the After Dark. They're not the owner. Yeah. The owner has, I think, made it clear that they want to sell it to developers for housing. Mm. Um, uh, yes. As we saw with, you know, the the, the old managers. Was it Neil or Nigel? Ne- Neil, I think Neil his name is. Yeah. Of the After Dark, who who unfortunately kind of seemed to be forced out. Um, so and then the new managers took over. So I don't, I don't think that that's what the owners of the building want to do. The managers of the building, while they still are able to operate from there, want to see yeah. more things happening. Mm. But the owners, I think, undoubtedly want it turned into yeah. housing so they mm. can make lots of lovely money. I, I think you're right, but I think um, there's potentially this cat 
catch twenty two where if if it is unless they come up with another way of developing it that isn't turning into a block flat, it's potentially undevelopable. Mm. Yeah. Is that a word? Well, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and so so they turned out ten flats, now they turned out six flats. So what what can you turn it into mm. if you presumably there's some sort of money making threshold where well where they have to because it's going to cost a lot to knock it down and build it anyway yeah. so if they rebuild it with as a, as a building with two flats will they get the money back I don't know I'm not a, not a property expert probably um, probably make it more than a nightclub but um, it's an interesting situation um, that could go either way we'll have to wait and see if any more plans come in for it um, and we'll have to wait and see if the owners can find a way of restoring it to to a commercially um, successful night spot, straight yeah. community centres. Well, I, I think, everything. I think our next, well, not, not that we have nights out, but our next night out should involve a trip to the after dark. I'm going to put Sorry, that out there. I'm going to commit Reading blasphemy, but I've been to the after dark once and I did not have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a great it time. It smelled funny, and I had to drink from a disposable plastic cup, and that was enough for me not to go back. Fair enough. Well, this is true. This was under the, the old management. It, people it, are allowed the revamped in the last eighteen months. Yeah, yeah perhaps bit, I'll give it a second yeah. chance. It's a bit clean. It's a bit cleaner than it was. I, I, I always used to just be already quite drunk by the time I got there, and nothing really mattered. So yeah, that was all right. What it's got to go for it. For why I always, I always thought about it, particularly when I stopped drinking. Is that he's very, everyone in there is very friendly? Yes. There's no kind of hostility, which unfortunately can't be said. Then why do you need to drink from plastic? Why can't they be trusted with glass? Okay. I would, make, I would probably say that's not the nightclub's decision. I think that's probably the council. <laughs> Stop blending for the nightclub for things that are the council's fault. What vessels are drunk? <laughs> it sells cans of red stripe as well, which, yep. is, uh, oh. which is definitely quirky. Um, <laughs> but. I think people would like to see see it continue to operate and to be the sort of essential, integral part yes. of um, Reading's, the fabric of Reading's nightlife. Yes. But also, people need to go to it. And yes. Use it. And so, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic case of use it or lose it, isn't it, really? It, and, um, it is. Like so many things, like yeah. we've seen with, um, uh, with the. the, <laughs> the what are we doing here? Come on. I need to think about, was it Arthur Hill Swimming Pool? Yes. Um, that was one. It cost an enormous amount. wasn't that well used. Um, Any number I of things. I think it probably would have closed anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the old use it or lose it adage is very pertinent today. Yes. And so I would say support the After Dark Club. And go along and do and, Sweeney and, and, and Sweeney and Todd's. And Sweeney and Todd. I'm definitely going to go and get a pie for my dinner now. Yes, I'm thinking about pie for dinner. <laughs> Um, thanks guys uh, if anybody's got any feedback on that what would it take to get you to go to the After Dark again you still go to the After Dark we'd love to hear from you um, we've now got a pre-recorded interview with Pete Wheeler from Ready Pop uh, roll the tape Festival. Hey Pete, how are you doing? Very good. Yourself? Thank, not too bad, not too bad. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, I don't know, have you come far today? No, no, just up the road on my bike. Oh, lovely. It's amazing the amount of people come and see us on their bike. It's good. <laughs> um, so you are here to talk about Ready Pop Festival. That's right. And, um, but I wanted to just, I've just been doing my research, yeah. as I do. Uh, I wanted to, Ready Pop itself is a charity, isn't it? Do you want to tell us a little bit about Ready Pop? That's correct. Uh, yeah, Ready Pop's a charity that's been going, it's actually going to be its 20th birthday this year. Um, and as the name suggests, it's uh, it's built around Reading, but it's also built around music. Uh, its sort of slogan is uh, music changing lives, and it does this in a variety of ways by working with the community, uh, either with things like um, bands, so specific bands for different age groups or for different parts of the community that might otherwise not get as easy access to being to be involved in music and play music. 
Um, or the other way is by um, developing local talent. So where new artists in the area need a bit of support to get themselves from just being songwriters to actually an artist that releases their music and has it marketed in some way, um, they get involved, um, they have grants, they have mentors um, and these sort of things. And uh, another area is also in things like um, uh, people like Young Offenders, helping them to, um, as one, one project that they've done is to um, to help give them access to studios to be able to, um, you know, sort of use um, music production equipment and have access to that that they probably wouldn't otherwise. And in some cases, this has made a real difference to what direction they've gone in next. Fantastic. That sounds really good. It's not something I'm overly familiar with, Ready Pop, but certainly uh, since we've been doing the podcast, especially Ready Pop Festival has become a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, it's come on the horizon. It's coming up on the 13th to the 15th of July. So it's a three-day festival. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it, where it is and and what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be the third year that Ready Pop Festival has been running and it takes place on the Christchurch Meadows, which is just over the footbridge. So about five minutes walk from the station, quite the, close to the river. Same place they've got Reading Beer Festival at the moment. That's the yes. one. Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, yeah, basically it's uh, it's quite a small festival. Um, the capacity is about four and a half to five thousand people. Yeah. Um, it's sort of nestled underneath those trees. Yeah. Uh, with a with a uh, a main stage and then a couple of other music tents. Um, it's very much a, an all ages festival. Um, it's for the whole family, and they actually do have free entry for for under fourteens uh, with adults. Um, but you know the focus is is on music both locally and on talent from well, around the world and bringing that and bringing a really diverse lineup and and that's what we tried to do this year. So as as we mentioned before, so it's a fun it's a fundraiser for Ready Pop itself for the charity. Yeah. So who yeah. who's involved with the charity? Who's involved with the festival? Who are the who are the masterminds behind this thing? Well, it's, it's a full team of us. The uh, the people in the charity themselves play a large part of it because, as I say, there's uh, developing artists um, within the charity, which will always, a large part of what they do um, is to actually play the festival as part of the project. Um, and so um, the main guy behind Ready Pop itself, uh, Gavin Lombos, he is kind of masterminds the festival itself, but there's a whole team of different people, including myself, who actually enable the festival to happen that's great that's great and it looks like quite a quite a good diverse uh, lineup um is, there, is that is that the real goldie looking chain you've got on there it is indeed yes yes the real goldie looking chain <laughs> um it's a, a slightly different version in terms of the legend set right means that it is a slightly slimmed down version of yeah. the goldie looking chain uh but it's the main guys that have been recording uh the music in the last yeah. few years uh, has them and it's still going to have the, the same tunes and as much enjoyment as the uh, the full band. So you've, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head some of their greatest hits uh, and I'm going to really <laughs> really show my age and not remember any of them. Um, one of them involves your mum having a certain um, <laughs> yes. part of genitalia. That was, yes, that um, was it. That was the one. And the guns one. don't people don't guns don't kill people. Rappers do. That was it. Is yeah. another of the corkers. Yeah. <laughs> so is that how how do you get hold of a band like that? I mean, and when when I say when I say that, I mean, so obviously it, it's fairly easy to get a local band to come along and play. You ring them up or you send them an email. But how do you go about getting someone like Goldie Looking Chain or? Uh, stereo MCs or something like that how do you go about that it's basically to do with um, talking to agents finding out which acts are around and then which ones um, you want to have at the festival and which ones you can afford Mm. to have and also seeing whether or not you might be able to kind of you know negotiate a little bit because they're already playing somewhere else nearby or you know it just works well or in some cases get a little bit of local interest yeah um for example odyssey headlining on the friday night seven piece disco band uh the main guy behind odyssey um originally from new york uh, now lives in caversham oh lovely so it, it is lovely and this is it he's absolutely loving it he's really keen to get involved and play um make it a special event we've got some uh, unique uh, parts of their set that i won't give away yeah. but actually involving one of the ch- charity bands and uh, you know it's it's great. He's I'm talking to him personally about playing, and making sure that it's it's the best set that it can be. So you know in some cases 
you can you know you can treat it as more than just another gig for these guys yeah now talking about uh, talking about bands you've got on this list Reading Elvis now Reading Elvis yes. uh, everyone knows Reading Elvis he's a he's a cha- uh, I believe his real name is Dave Allen yeah and he can often be seen around Reading um, carrying his Elvis Presley LPs so right. Dave's playing a set yeah. Talk, talk, talk me through that. How does it, how did this happen? How is is he a regular on the on the DJ circuit? <laughs> He's not. Uh, to my knowledge, he has he has played Elvis tunes before. Um, but obviously, we know him as being you know so passionate about his music and so passionate about Reading. And um, the Friday night is really with the lineup that we've got. Yeah. It's about having yeah a really fun party opening to the festival. Um, and uh, with with Reading Elvis, we wanted a real party where it was someone who was presenting some, something that they loved, and that's exactly what he's going to be doing. Um, he can't wait to play. Um, I've spoken to him yeah. about it, and uh, you know he's he's absolutely buzzing. I think the, the Christmas lights was the thing that that kind of really changed for him his how he sort of felt about doing things like this and uh, it was the guy um trevor who who organized that yeah who who um agreed to help me and and kindly you know made it possible for us to uh to, to approach him and see if it was something he wanted to do so you you guys approached him to go and uh, to go and do it that's correct yeah oh fantastic well I, I hope that's great do you know what sort of time he's going to be on because i imagine there's going to be quite a lot of people going to be really intrigued to go and see reading elvis play um, yeah. Do you know what time he's going to be on? It's a Friday evening. He's coming on not long after Goldie Looking Chain okay. um, finished their set so, on the main stage. I think that that could be uh, it. Could be an absolute sellout on uh, on Friday night. I would I would think. Um, that sounds great. Fun. Um, there's there's obviously some other big bands. There's a few on here that I I have never heard of, but that don't take that don't take any offence <laughs> to that because my personal musical knowledge is. Uh, Sort of limited to uh, John Bon Jovi, and uh, and, and that's Couldn't about him. No. <laughs> well, you mean he wasn't in town? He's always popping through Reading. Yeah, he's always the station. <laughs> always down down the uh, <laughs> down the others cook. Yes. Um, so, let, who who do you uh, who do you think we should be looking out for on this on this Ready Pop Festival bill? I think it all depends on your music taste. I mean, obviously, we're really happy with the the local acts that we've got. There's a real diversity there. Um, but there's also quite a lot of acts that haven't played Reading before. Um, if you're into your hip-hop, you're into your funk, um, disco, I think you're going to be really happy. Yeah. But I don't think that's exclusively where it is. Um, there's also, um, obviously, a lot of a lot of good indie and uh, and rock in there. Um, so a lot of it's focused around slightly older acts. You know, like between the acts that we've got in this lineup, they've had... I did do the maths. It's something like <laughs> 55 top 40 hits between wow. the acts on this lineup. You know, there's a lot of people that have had success. Um, and so I think mainly, you know, the idea is to have a really good party for yeah. three days. Um, but I think there's a really good uh, diverse lineup here. I do think if, if you want to see something really different and uh, um, a really good vibe, I think the Sunday afternoon is the one okay. because that's where we've got the acts from Brazil. Um, we've got like a Caribbean bass act from Holland called Quinta Itambu. Um, we've got Don Letts, who's like a you know, legendary um, reggae DJ, and then finishing it off with Dawn Penn. And I think that that I think will be quite special. It sounds uh, it does sound really really exciting. Um, tickets are they on sale? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're selling really well as well. Um, it's gone down really well, um, and they're. Not very expensive. How much are how much tickets? So it's thirty pounds for the whole weekend. The whole week at Blimey. So that's ten pound yeah. a day. Basically, yeah. That's that's great. That's that sounds excellent. And of course you can go home and have a shower. That's right. Yeah. Well, we don't have camping. Uh, <laughs> not yet. Anyway, let's see how it goes. But for this year there isn't camping. Um, um, but yeah, and then there's also day tickets of fifteen pounds if you want yeah. to go on the Friday or the Sunday. Friday is only the evening, by the way. It's only six to eleven. Okay. Um, but if you're on a whole day Saturday, that's twenty pounds. But you get a lot for it. That's, that sounds really, really good. Is there anything else going on on the on the day? I see there's a uh, oh, our good our old friend Blue Collar Street Food are there. That's right. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's just had a busy weekend uh, doing oh, his no, cheese. So did you get down cheese. to that? Oh, of course I did. Yeah. yeah. I was going to miss that. <laughs> it, um, it felt like a little bit too hot for cheese. But it was cheese, so let's just go. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't ask me. I was I had a cheese board in one hand yeah. and the um, the jerk halloumi in the other. Oh, that was delicious. Fantastic. Um, talk talk to me. So 
when you got in touch with us to come on the podcast, you were telling me a little bit about your own your own work and your own background. Now you do DJ sets and. I've been DJing in Reading for about 15 years, um, yeah. quite regularly in different venues, um, and I've been running club lights uh, with another guy called Chris Wells for the last 10 years. Um, we've been doing the weekly night skip Mondays and Cubed as well, um, all in different venues in Reading, right. bringing different DJs in um, and sometimes live acts um, just over the last 10 years. So really have always um, had a massive love for Reading and yeah. the music scene. And uh, and the good people that are involved in it. What would you say? Um, what would you say was the best gig that you've seen in Reading? Um, that I've been involved in and done myself, or just overall? Overall, you could do both if you like. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to go for the shameless self plug. I'm afraid, <laughs> but uh, we did a couple of special ones for us, which was we brought um, the band Subtract and the band Disclosure. We had them both play live sets very early on in their career. And I think getting to see someone on your home turf that you can tell immediately mm. are going to be massive is quite special. Uh, and what about the best best gig you've seen in Reading? Well, I'm I'm a big fan of the Are You Listening Festival. Yeah. Um, I think that's a brilliant event and uh, I've seen a lot of good live acts um, play as part of that. Um, a couple of years ago um, in St. Lawrence Church when they first started using that, they had um, NASCAR lines and boxed in, playing one after each other. Um, I'm also one half of Twin Sun, and we got to do a little party mm. DJ set in between, and that was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think also we, we have been lucky enough to have some great bands. Um, Toots and the Maytales at Sub 89 was particularly good as well. It sounds like uh, it sounds like there's a whole scene here that maybe I don't know anything about, but certainly is, is well worth. Where, where can we see you next? Um, myself, I'm going to be um, playing in my band, Twin Sun, as I mentioned. Uh, we're doing Ready Pop Festival. We're also at the Are You Listening Festival. Will this have happened by then? When's Are You Listening Festival? This Saturday. Oh, no, this comes out on Friday, so we'll be fine. <laughs> Do you want me to say So we can see again? you on Friday? Yes, you can. See you on Friday. I'm going to leave all this in, don't worry. <laughs> Marvellous. I sound really professional. <laughs> Do you like it? It's the, whole, it's the whole joy of being on a podcast. It's absolutely fine. Oh, that's okay then. Um, Pete, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. talking to us about uh, the Ready Pop and especially the Ready Pop Festival. Um, £30 for three days of music. That sounds just marvellous. Goldie looking chain. And on there, I tried, on the interview, I talked to Pete about like some of their songs and couldn't remember any of them. I remember <laughs> that they were pretty funny and pretty good. But, um, I seem to remember them Guns recording... Guns Don't Kill a, People rappers. That was the one. Do. That was the I one. Think, was he on? He was on Celebrity Big Brother, I think, wasn't he? But I seem to remember they recorded in at Plug and Play Studios. They may have done. I don't know. Or or it was it was quite interesting though how uh, Pete was talking about how they book some of the acts and like they they talk you know how much everything's going to cost are they already in the area for this and the 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 person behind uh, the the headline act on uh, Monday uh, sorry on Friday uh, which is a band called Odyssey apparently um, he actually is an American guy who lives in Caversham oh. um, and so they are they are just come along he wanted to come along so they're they're playing now so that'll be i think it sounds really good i've never been myself but it, it's, it certainly sounds sounds really good value 30 pound for three days worth of music that's and you can just go home and have a shower <laughs> the tickets are a little bit cheap yes. yes. it is it is it is good fun the the last couple of times i've gone it's absolutely okay. hammered with rain oh um, but it is a good, a yeah. good fun weekend. Well, fingers crossed for the weather on that one. Um, it's random question time. Here we go. Pick one out of the uh, I Love Reading mug. What is it this week? The question is a shop you loved that is no longer there. Well, we kind of did this last week, didn't we? We sort of did. <laughs> However, pick, pick another one. Pick another one. Yeah, rock okay. around Virgin Mega Stores. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, fine. Sorry. We'll go again, we'll go again. That's all right. Pick another one and don't leave the ones who've already done it in the cup. I haven't. 
that wasn't what we did last week. That was just no, a different question. Off on a the <laughs> second round of question is favourite nightclub. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> it's not after dark Everyone for you, is it? Everyone already knows mine. I go on about it a bit, don't I? Come on. I love the purple turtle. I, I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm not going to apologise. Don't apologise. I love the purple turtle so much. It's just my favourite place. It's my, my spiritual home. Very well used. I went there the other week on a Wednesday. Did your parents go there? Yeah, I went with my parents. I'm yeah. just wondering if there was some sort of reason for your love of like a. No, 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 no. They didn't go there. But I just I, what happened was before I went to university in between school and uni, I worked at the Cunning Man for a year yep. in Burfield. Yeah. And our our daily routine was work from midday till eleven p.m. Close down the bar, go to Purple Turtle. Our general manager or assistant manager used to live in the town centre she used to all drive us over to her flat we'd quickly all get changed go to Purple Turtle stay there till 3am then go home sleep until 11 go back to the pub at 12 it was amazing that's, that's <laughs> and that's so that's yeah I just I've been you know it was all of my school friends used to go yeah. so a lot of my school friends who were also not at university in between you know they had a year off between school and university and we all just used to go there it was fantastic (laughs) like I say I met my husband there and we went and had some wedding pictures taken there and I just love it so much (laughs) (laughs) you always meet the best people in there you do in the the smoking area outside you can play play table football just get chatting to people who are absolutely bonkers I love it (laughs) you Yes, well, it may surprise our listeners to know that I don't go to nightclubs anymore. <laughs> However, I know full well from living with you for several years that you used to. I did used to when I was a young lad. There was a nightclub. <laughs> He's in, got a massive smile on his in, face. Uh, in Calcott, and I think people are going to know what, I, what I'm going to do. It was called Utopia. <laughs> it's now Ikea. <laughs> Utopia was the place to be when I was growing up. As a teenager in Reading, when I was in the sixth form um, at my school, we often go on Wednesday, <laughs> Friday, and Saturday. Saturday being over twenty, <laughs> over twenties night um, when we were about sixteen. Um, Wednesday night was absolute carnage. You would go there and pay ten pounds, and it would be a free bar. But the problem with this was that the booze always used to run out. So you get in, pay pay your £10, go straight to the bar and go, hello, I'd like eight bottles of Smirnoff ice, please. <laughs> and then you'd sit there drinking your disgusting, sweet, sugary Smirnoff ice until until it was time to go to the bar again, usually in about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> People will remember it had two tiers. It was billed as a super club. And there, yeah. was, um, there was... Uh, things which always used to happen was that you would have a few drinks and then, then wander off somewhere and then get completely disoriented about where your where your friends were and wander around for ages trying to find them again. And um, there was also a diner where you could go and have something to eat. And it sounds magical. It, it does. It was a proper super club and it was very scary because it was out in Calcot, which seemed seemed like a very long distance away yeah. from Reading. And when you weren't old enough you'd have to queue up outside and there were these enormous bouncers there these these kind of obviously the because it was an out of town nightclub frequented by people from far and far and uh, far and wide exotic places like High Wycombe <laughs> Swindon I believe James Corden used to go there didn't he I, I think he I think there, yes. him and wasn't there a thing on one oh, of no, the that was church- from the Nazi Dorman yeah. they, they were talking about Purple Turtles so. oh. <laughs> but um the, the ultimate embarrassment was, of course, if you were not old enough to go to Utopia and they, they spotted that you weren't old enough, which didn't happen very often. You had to look about nine not to get in. Um, but once they let you in, it wasn't like being in Reading Town Centre where you could go and try, try to go somewhere else. Yeah. There was nowhere to go. Can't go to outside carpet right. Carpet right off. Have a look around home bags while you're waiting for your mum to come and pick you up. That would be the ultimate embarrassment. Um, so... I was always right because apparently I've looked like a middle-aged man since I was a teenager. But, um, <laughs> yep. Some of my friends were very young-looking, and uh, was, you would go dressed as if you were going, pretty much going to a wedding. You know? <laughs> Smart shirt, yep. work trousers, shoes, um, cufflinks, 
goes to very informal weddings. <laughs> it was uh, it was good times. Uh, Fridays were seventies night. That was always fun. Um, Music of your youth. Ah ha ha ha! I think ah ha were the 80s, weren't they? Yeah, I'm sorry, I mean ah And it was just a very cool, not cool, so slightly kind of trend. Tragic, but always fun. Always oh, fun. don't tell me it was tragic. I'm uh, so jealous of you that you got to go to Utopia. It was, it, it was when you're 18, you're in a proper big nightclub mm. with the prospect of all sorts of exciting things happening. Um, and it was a really, you know, <laughs> it, it was mostly really, really good. Occasionally, you, you sometimes encounter groups of lads from other towns whose sole aim was to try to beat you up for not being in the same town. <laughs> but, God um, damn it. But uh, it was um, it was good fun, and then they tried reopening it a few many years later. J twelve, which I went to. J twelve, which yeah, I never went to it, but my one of my mates went to it, and he said it was pretty much like they just turned the lights back on. Yeah, it was exactly yep. the same. Yeah. When still, was that? Was that? Oh, I don't remember. It was, that. The smoking ban had come in, but it still smelled smoke. Yeah. As well. Because I, I never went to it when it was Utopia, but I did go on the press night for Uta- for J12. Because honestly, I no. always dreamed of going to Utopia, like when I went to like no. my 10th birthday party at the bowling alley underneath it. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, writing a story about the bloke who wanted to open it because he was from Bracknell, which means I was working on the paper in Bracknell, which I started working on in 2004, so I think it might be 2005. No, I think it was later than that because I was. Oh, this is this is going to make great great radio. Um, <laughs> it was sometime mid two thousand. Mid two thousand. Yes. yes, I believe they're called the Naughties. The Naughties. Mm, I don't like calling it that. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, it, it didn't last for very long. Oh. I think the age of the super club had probably probably just passed, didn't it? I think passed, and now it's <laughs> now it's IKEA somewhere where you can drive your car too, but not from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll, know, you'll love it so much you'll never leave um, thanks very much everybody that was, that that was, was great good. I enjoyed that good random question this week well second time of asking um, Jenny quick look through the events um, what have we got yeah there's loads on this weekend um, the biggest event happening in Reading Town Centre is of course Are You Listening Festival it's in its sixth year it's all in aid of Reading Men Cap there are dozens and dozens and dozens of musical acts bands artists playing across the across Saturday. Um, I think maybe five or six venues taking place in Ringtown Centre. You've got Milk, Oakford Social Club, Purple Turtle, Rising Sun Arts Centre, St Lawrence Church, Sub 89 and South Street Arts Centre um, are all hosting events. Um, I It's £22.50 cool. for a wristband. That gets you in across all the venues. Um, and profits go to Reading Mencap. The big names DJing are uh, Steve Lamack from Six Music and Phil Taggart from BBC Radio 1. They're both making appearances and uh, DJing. Um, Great. I'd, I'm afraid I can't tell you where. Have a look at the lineup on the Are You Listening Festival website. It's fantastic. There's loads of information on there. Um, also happening on Saturday at Rivermead Leisure Complex in Richfield Avenue is the uh, pre-loved kilo vintage sale where you buy clothes by the kilo rather than by the individual item right. just fill up a sack um, anyone who was a fan of cut off denim shorts and flannel shirts <laughs> will we'll be going to that I'm sure it's running from 10am to 5pm on Saturday um, and they're promising to keep the stock replenished throughout the day so if you can't get there for the beginning then there will still be plenty of stuff hopefully in the afternoon um, anyone that didn't manage to go to the Bluebell Walks at Russell Farm last weekend has a, another opportunity to do it this weekend. Again, they're raising money for the MS Society. Um, there are a number of different lengths of walks. That's happening from 11 to 5 on both Saturday and Sunday. That's in Bradfield. And finally, the monthly Reading Vegan Market is back again. It's in Station Hill in Reading Town Centre. And there is going to be lots of vegan food, hot and cold vegan food, as well as cruelty-free free beauty products. Um, so if you are trying to not eat as much meat and dairy or to use products that haven't been tested on animals, then that's a great place to go and find some, some cool items. Great. Thanks, Jenny. 
Um, if you want to get involved in the show, you can follow and write to us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. You can look us up on Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, and please leave us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. Um, get in touch, ring us, email us, whatever, however you want to get hold of us. Um, the only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town. And most importantly, they must love Reading. Um, that's all for this week. Uh, we will see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pete Wheeler from Ready Pop Festival, and you're listening to the Real Reading podcast.